Another PlayStation Showcase. And our plans for E3. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square Day PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saul Bridges, bringing you lucky episode 59. Winner, winner. About damn time. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, if you've never joined us before, we are Triangle Square Day PlayStation Podcast, and we post on YouTube uh, in video format every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. cst i hate that that it does that you know yeah i see that every now and then where it's like you want to say 12 a.m because you're trying to follow the structure you've had up to that point yeah uh but we post in video out. format to youtube uh and we also post to podcast services and audio only format if you're watching us on youtube and you like what we do and seem interested enough in what we are going to continue to do then Consider giving us a subscribe so you can keep up with our videos uh, and keep up with what we post. Uh, we are starting to do a little bit more content. Saul's got some plans for some stuff, but you know we'll save that for when Saul actually starts launching them. Uh, and also, if you listen to us on audio podcast services, consider giving us a review. Let's us know how we're doing. Uh, gives us ideas for what we may continue to do or you know stretch to our own thing. And it also lets people find us easier, uh, which is you know good. Get more people in that little Discord community and whatnot. Speaking of Discord, we do have a Discord. If you would like to jump in and join in conversations with us and a lot of the little tight knit community that we do have over there, it is in the uh, description for this video. But Saul, without further ado, good sir, what have you played this week? What have you not played this week if you've not played anything? I played a lot this week, actually. Um, Monster Hunter being one of them. Uh, jumping in to do the Code Red quest, if it was still there. I don't know if it's gone now or not. Hmm. Um, but I jumped in a Monster Hunter for that tried out the hammer like i've been been told by many many people it was really fun it's like a shotgun kind of in which it to be really <laughs> i heard close. you saw that I, I saw that i heard you say that and i was i was kind of irritated because it felt like i was i had to be real too close and it, the, it's so simplistic to use because there's only like two buttons that you use with it but then there's like ways to hold the buttons down and such to use um but i played through that a little bit um I'm trying to think here. I've been playing Dark Souls 3 on PS4 back again. If y'all see me on that, you know that I am recording a Let's Play uh, for Saul Plays. Hoping to launch Wednesday. I'm pretty sure it will. Uh, First episode fully rendered and done. Um, I just got to make a thumbnail, really. And that's all. I have number two recorded as well. I just need to render that, and then that'll be done. Look at you, Saul. Number three is real quick to do. Your editing is just, you know, your editing chops are coming up. I love Sony Vegas so much. I'm proud of you. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. And, uh, of course, like a crack addict, going down a crack den, I got back on Destiny 2 to play Warmind, (laughs) which, interestingly enough, I never played Curse of Osiris, uh, but I did get the collector's edition, so I did have the season pass. So I downloaded Curse of Osiris when it first came out. I hopped so this in. is considered part of this season, correct? No. Season three is just now came out. You are crapping me. So what? Hold on. Was, was there Destiny a... season one up until Curse, and then Curse up until now, and then that was season two. You are crapping me. No. I mean, I'm... correct me if I'm wrong. Hold on. Uh, well, the first reason, time I'm, the reason the I'm surprised long. is because Destiny, the first game... <clears throat> when they did it, the season pass was for two expansions. Now this they were is for two expansions. Well, that's awesome, but you're saying it's moving no, into. No, no, I'm just talking about this is season three. So you're saying that season two, I guess, and when I'm saying season, season two pass, was season one for the expansions, really, I guess. So what I'm saying is, though, did your se- your season pass covered Warmind, Warmind, and 
Curse, Curse of Osiris. Osiris. Yep. That's what I was trying to figure okay, out. Okay, yeah. And then now, whatever they do next, you'll have to buy I will have to buy separately. Yeah. Yes. And okay. that will be known as the Year 3 <clears throat> expansion, which has some really big shoes to fill with Taken King being as good as it was. Now, is that the one that they are saying that's going to come out this fall that has the new game mode? That should be I think considered Year season, 3? I think that's just Season 4. That'd be Year 2. It would still be considered, because I guess second year of release. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, but, I mean, I haven't played any of the Warbond stuff at all. Because I've been catching up on Curse of Osiris stuff, I was really disappointed in the fact that I beat that in like two and a half hours, and then I logged in on my Warlock character, and, and knowing what to do and stuff, I beat it in like 45 minutes for Curse of Osiris, so pretty, I mean, pretty short content there. I remember that being a complaint from a few of my friends who had played it too, so. It was real short, yeah, um, but I will say though that it is fun that now that the light level cap is 385 or 380, and we left it was 305. So this yeah. is actually a lot to do now to kind of get your level up. There's uh, new weapons. There's a new. There's a lot of new things to kind of just go and do, and that's what I've been slowly doing. Um, me, Gavin, and Joe try to take on heroic strikes at like 325 when it's recommended 350, thinking we at least stood a chance. No, we got demolished and gave up. Um, but it's it's been fun. It's gonna probably do the same thing in which I play a strike or two every day before work or after work, and then eventually I'll be done with it until the new expansion. And I think that's the way I'm just going to have to consume destiny from here on out. Unless they start doing the uh, seasonal updates like rainbow six does where rainbow six. And I guess, I mean, technically it's at the end of summer into fall that you're getting a new season and that, all that new stuff. But rainbow six is coming out with yet another expansion. And I swear it felt like they just launched operation chimera like a month ago. I know so, it wasn't, but this year's also been going feels, by very yeah, quickly. It, it feels like it's been going by, uh, insanely fast. But other than that, let me think here. Monster Hunter, Destiny 2, uh, Dark Souls 3. I think that's it. I, I have not touched my Switch at all. I will be grabbing That's a surprising sentence from you. Yeah, like uh, I will be grabbing Bloodstained for sure uh, the day of release, even though Detroit and Dark Souls comes out the next day. But that's going to be an expensive week. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Thankfully, my Detroit's already paid off. Whenever I traded in like those... You got however it, many games you got like three hundred something dollars. Yeah, I just paid it off in God of War and a bunch of stuff. I was like, okay, good. I'm set for a little while. Yeah, I, th- I really think that's it. What about you? Have you played anything good this week? So first of all, I want to apologize to everyone. Throughout this episode, I'm fairly positive I'll be clearing my throat a lot. I've had sinus problems all freaking week. I'm ready for them to be gone. Uh, weather's been extremely weird and just kind of spastic around here, and it's been very hot as well. Uh, but Saul, so, yes, I have played quite a bit this week. I got the platinum and beat Seasons After Fall which I recommend to anyone. The game is super fun. Don't get crazy high expectations, but I'm pretty sure the game is typically $20. I was going to buy it, but then caught it on sale for like seven, uh, which is even better. And then I used that 20% off that Blake put it in the discord. Shout out to you. Good sir. Where did that like come six bucks. Was that uh, a universal one? It was one that he got for watching something and then wasn't able to use it when oh, he pre-ordered okay. God of War. So it was a one-time use one. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> But anyway, I used that. So I got the game for like six bucks. And first of all, I would have played, paid 20 for it, no problem. It's cute, charming. The platforming is not necessarily extremely precise. And hard, but I actually am one of those weird people that ha- I'm a fan of somewhat floaty platforming. Uh, I love Little Big Planet. I love a yeah. lot of the games that have that a little more float. Where you're, I, even though I love very precise stuff, like a. Uh, 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 Super Meat Boy is a perfect example of like where it's really quick and like. 
you slam down, you feel like a crazy sense of weight. Yeah. This game's not quite like that, but I feel like it fits in with everything and the art style. It looks like The gravity glory. feels right to what's going on in the game. And I think that you would enjoy it knowing what I watched you play of Ori. I got time. I got time. Uh, I need time, really. I keep saying I got time, but yeah, I need time. Like, there's too much coming out too soon. Oh, God, yeah. This year's been crazy with it. So that's what I did throughout the first part of the week. Uh, every night I've been painting. Uh, and and dealing with kitchen remodels, so I've been pretty busy. I've been doing. I've been trying to paint at least two hours a day, uh, and since I'm trying to be careful, we have to do two coats. It's taking up a lot of time, and then I'm doing other construction in the kitchen as well. So the only other thing I've really played so far this week has actually been Batman Season Two uh, from Telltale, which has actually been super good. Is there something important, Saul? No, I'm just looking. Okay. Uh, yeah, but, I saw that you mentioned <clears throat> that in Discord earlier today. Is it better than Tales of Borderlands? I, yeah, actually. Wow. And really good. You know, I thought season one of Batman was really well done. And I guess some of this comes from like the really interesting creative liberties they're taking uh, with some of the Batman characters uh, and doing things that feel right at home for them while also doing things that are very different for them. So it's like they're, they're different and you don't feel like you've seen it gone down this route before. But it still feels on character with them. And I'll, definitely the interactions with one specific character, which I'm not going to get into in case you haven't played season one, because it's just cool. What I'll say is John Doe, if you've played. That's that's the name that they they use throughout this. Yeah, no, so I, you'll I, know. I already know who that is. I've uh, never even played yeah. season one. But John Doe, uh, the way that they pull that off and the way that you're so interacting with So is he the main antagonist is, in season two? No, not. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm starting episode five. Um, of the second of season? No, there's there's five. So this is I'm oh. on the last one. I I mean like I'm technically there. I haven't clicked start yet, but I just finished four earlier today and had to do some more work. Does uh, it so perform better than what season? One? I have not had a single crash or a cool. single gr- glitch. I may have to pick it up. Which I did have a glitch in in Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's nice to be able to play this. There was an update whenever I got this, and there wasn't an update for Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think that's interesting. My old complaint used to be that they never updated their games to patch the problems out. But I don't know, maybe Guardians didn't sell very well. I'm not really sure. Uh, but I would say that with what everything going on, I would expect there to be a Season 3, and I would welcome a Season 3. It's been very good so far, and it goes to show that while I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done with their games engine, not even outside of just how optimized it is, um, I do think that this shows that they do have the ability to make a really good story, definitely in worlds that you're familiar with, and kind of taking that idea of, oh... You're familiar with it, but we're going to take a lot of things and twist them on their heads in ways that feel right. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of applause being made for that. And it kind of it's, it's interesting. I, I enjoy playing these types of games, so I'm extremely excited uh, for Detroit now because that's one of my big things. Detroit's like an extremely polished, and it does all the things I wish Telltale would do. So all the Quantic Dream games are kind of like that. I know some people have the problem with them being QTE like, but you know, I uh, I think it's pretty cool. So interesting. Uh, I may have to check it out one day. <clears throat> I you can borrow it if you want. I don't know if you did a recap on season one or not, but I traded it in. No, uh, see, I need to get season one. I traded it in because I got more money. Tra- I got a dollar more trading it in than I got that for than when I paid for season one brand new from Target. Bought it for ten dollars, traded it in for eleven. That's pretty good. That's a good value. Yeah. That's a so good I, was, I was I was happy about that. Now that was because of some uh, extra value credit, uh, credit stuff, but. Um, <clears throat> so before I hop into the news, I'm going to say one thing. Uh, part of our uh, idea you know for this year one of our biggest things for this year going over and over is trying to uh do more to include the community in our stuff so one of the things i did i'm just going to quickly announce is moving forward every game and we started with god of war uh and technically as a group we started doing this um 
where we all played together and helped each other get the platinum as a community in the Discord um, for Far Cry 5. Well, we also did that and worked with each other and talked with each other for getting the platinum in God of War. So what we were going to do with every big release like that that happens that a lot of the community is talking about uh, platinuming, we were going to do a community platinum collage. And a couple of people got in after uh, the deadline I had given with it, sadly. But I'm going to try and give a little bit more time. And as we get these platinums, y'all send them in and we'll make a community collage of them and kind of put your PSN on them just as a community uh, outreach and kind of fun thing and it was cool to play with everybody and kind of talk with everybody about that game so that's another thing we're going to continue to do is keep our discord going where every big game we have a discussion board and we also have a um a uh, spoiler, spoiler chat yeah. that is locked where you have to be you have to request to be added so that way other people can't see the notifications and get things spoiled uh but solomon hop in the news real quick uh <clears throat> drop yeah i'm sorry yeah i'm trying to steal your thunder you hop you drop into the hop drop into the hop so uh gonna go through this pretty quickly. I'm gonna start editing in the picture that don't you do it. No, don't you do it. I'm gonna do like a little elevator music real quick where it's like where it's like and now time to drop into the hop. Nope. You you can have fun with that extra editing. Uh first up on the list we have Animal Super Squad for PS4. Uh and for those that don't know, this is this week's releases. I guess I should go ahead and mention that. Um, Damn. but Animal Super Squad, you'd be familiar with that if you are a fan of PewDiePie. We have a semblance oversight for PS4, Azure Reflections for PS4. Dragon's Crown Pro for PS4, the first game on the list available in stores and physically. Forgotten Anne for PS4. Fox in Forest for PS4. Goner for PS4. <coughs> Hitman Definitive Edition for PS4, available in stores. <coughs> Horizon Chase Turbo for PS4. Little Witch Academia Chamber of Time for PS4. Magic Knight Grand Charion for PS4. Monster Slayers for PS4. Super original name. Monster Slayer, I know, right? Omen Sight for PS4. Dope key art. Walden, a game for PS4. Welcome to Hanwell for PS4. And the last one on the list, we have Wizard of Legend for PS4. One that actually looks also really cool. cool key art. Yeah, I am. I love the name the game and then a game. I'm gonna do that. We're gonna make a game saw and we're gonna call it something the game and i think that's just great what do you mean something the game it said walden the game like i don't oh. know if walden is something else and maybe that's why they wanted to include the game nope. i just want to start using that in weird ways like bloodstained the game why not i guess so <clears throat> anyway time to move into the news uh fans of classic 8-bit castlevania games are in for a treat with Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Uh, it was made a stretch goal uh, for Bloodstained Ritual of the Night originally, which is the 3D Metroid style um, Metroid, 3D Metroidvania style game, uh, and releases this month on May 24th uh, for ten dollars. Uh, now that's Curse of the Moon Ritual of the Night. I don't think has a release date yet. Still being worked on. You know, it's got beautiful 3D art rendered things, which is really pretty. The game looks awesome. Uh, Saul's excited about the 8-bit. I'm not as I excited about 8-bit. I'm super excited for the 8-bit. Because uh, those games are even more clunky than like Symphony of the Night, which Symphony of the Night is not that bad, actually. No. no. I was talking about from a, from a weighty, like going back and playing no, it. No, it's perfect. That's how every I Castlevania guess. game style should be. It feels fantastic. I guess from an animation standpoint is what makes it look it, clunky. It looks great. Cause you just, well, there's that, there's that weird after image that, that appears every now or actually I think it's all constant. the time. Yeah. yeah when you're jumping around on that game. Uh, uh, but I'm talking about like when you jump, your legs are just open the whole time. I guess so. You got to forgive that game. That game 20 years old. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I don't know. It's, it's something weird is all I'm getting at. I can still enjoy it in my nostalgia. I'm just saying it's something that I noticed more now than I did when I was six if yeah, that makes yeah. sense, or seven, however the old You're I was. You're not 27 years old. 
I'm not 27 years old. Uh, I'm not going to give my age out because it's for guessing. I'm 27 years old. Well, good. So they can not have to guess anymore. You're 24 years old. No! Yes. Okay. Final Fantasy 14 players have a new patch to look forward to this month. Patch 4.3 titled Under the Moonlight. Sounds like a romantic date. We'll introduce a 24-person raid series alongside new quests, a trial, a dungeon, and plenty more. It's set to arrive May 22nd. I know that Saul may have a little bit of interest in that. Josh, I think, used to play the game. So, hey, who knows? If you play it, you you got something to look forward to. I probably won't be getting into it now. I definitely will be trying not to lose your soul to the game anytime soon. I mean, you don't have time. Three days before, what is it? Three days? Uh, no, twenty second. You got a couple. You got ten days. Three days before everything else. Oh, twenty second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through everything. Yes, yes. Three days before everything. Sorry. Uh, this is interesting. Only reason I really included it, and uh, I saw it the first day it hit, and then a couple people said it in the Discord, so it's obviously something a lot of people find interesting, but hackers working on exploited PS4s have discovered a PSP emulator inside the files for the wrapper the remastered that released last year, showing the game is actually the 2007 PSP release um, with updated textures running on top of it. This is presumably how Sony handled the Loco Roco remastered as well, and I'm wondering what other games that they've done. There's been special speculation that depending on what they show uh, if they do show at e3 uh, about the medieval remake if it's also the psp version of medieval that they remade um for psp early on with new textures on top of it i hope not i'm really hoping for a full remaster treatment uh but eh, who knows um Saul, do you remember dead cells the little crazy metroidvania yeah. style game that looked really dope uh Anyway, Dead Cells, a self-described roguevania, so that's mashing together roguelite elements with Metroidvania elements, uh, has announced that the game will be releasing physically when it relaunch- when it launches in August. So I know that, Saul, you may not be as excited about that because it doesn't matter to you as much, but I'm excited about it. Is that a game you're going to get on PlayStation or Switch? Switch. Darn you. If, it's, if, it, if it lends better to a handheld-style gameplay, I'm getting it on Switch, always. What about that sweet, sweet Platinum, sir? I mean, I, if I love it enough, that much, I'll just buy it again and get it at Platinum. You're a brave man. All right. Uh, in a financial conference call, EA's CFO announced that Anthem will be releasing in March 2019. It didn't quite say that. He said it would be releasing in the last quarter of the year, the last month of that quarter. Their fiscal year ends March. The last month would be March. Um, so kind of picked that up. Uh, and right before the uh, end of the fiscal year, he also went on to mention that they will open – they will, quote, open new ways for fans to join the community and play early, end quote, stating that it was to get feedback and refine the game. Uh, so who knows when that will be, if that's going to be something that's early 2019 for you to be able to play. But I guess it means that we are going to see a solid chunk of legitimate gameplay at E3. You know, we were talking about that last week, and you were, who knows? So we'll get a better idea of what exactly it looks like since that first one was kind of more of a proof of concept showing. Um Saw this one was pretty interesting. I'm sure you would agree. Uh, in an interesting move, WB and Monolith Games are removing microtransactions from Shadow of War with the new expansion, uh, new expansion, Desolation of Mordor. So that makes Star Wars now a game infinite, infamously known for known for its microtransactions and also kind of rebelled against for its microtransactions that dropped them completely. And uh, Shadow Ow. of War which was another game that was really uh, attacked early on. Do you remember that people were mad because they were doing a uh, microtransaction was, that was for like a special thing in order to honor one of the developer's memories? Yeah. So And people rebelled back against that. So what I which mean is, is ridiculous. That's not... I agree. I think that was actually a cool use of microtransaction if you're going to have it. 
but you know, whatever it is, so, what it is. So this game sounded from anybody I've ever heard talk about it that it was based around grindiness to an unbearable level for in end game stuff without microtransactions. How is this going to fix that? I don't agree with that. You don't. I've no. heard everybody else in the world. No, I, I don't agree with that. Say that by the end of the game, it was repetitive. It was way too grindy. And while I did trade it in because I didn't feel like getting the true ending, not because just because I was ready to move on, um, I got through eight of the ten Shadow Wars, which is the end game, uh, without even realizing it because the game doesn't do a good job. Even though I love the game, the game does not do a great job of telling you that the game is over. Uh, something happens. And it feels decidedly in like, but it doesn't roll credits or even give you an, a general like, hey, you've beat the game. This is all in game stuff. So I kept playing them, thinking I had to do it to get to the final bit. But just it never to learn. felt grindy to you or no, not repetitive. Really. Never, ever. And I mean, just hearing it, the nature of it sounded. It, it felt to me. like a. You know, we talked talked about it from the get go. It felt like a game that handled microtransactions right. They're in the game. Yes. They have a use in the game for people that don't want to spend the time. But it's not so bad that it's grindy, if that makes sense. Uh, I mean, I didn't feel a lick close to what I felt like in Destiny 1 or even Destiny 2, where it's like I'm getting tired of playing these same things over and over again just to get this one thing so I can continue further here. I didn't have that problem. A lot of it was based off of skill. It took a lot of time if you consider that to be grindy, but it was also post-game stuff that's not necessary. You beat the game without it. Uh, it's only for people that want to continue to play the game because they enjoy the gameplay, if that right. makes sense. So I would say that that's not a problem that needed to be fixed. But, I mean, if for those who thought that... <laughs> Stupid computer, man. For those that thought that, I mean, I don't know. I would imagine this wouldn't fix it because now a, you can't even buy something to... Just a disagreement to be had, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That sounds like people trying to headhunt where there's no real headhunt necessary. I mean, it's nice to see them removing it, probably because they've already made the money they're going to make off of it. Uh, and it's like, well, why keep it in there at this point? Well, It'll you, be a good PR stunt you, anyway. You guys that have played it, let us know in the comments below. What y'all think? If you, I'm sure if if you, you found it repetitive. Yeah. And then we'll see. We'll weigh y'all, y'all's responses against mine and see if I'm just weird and like the game a lot, or who knows. Uh, Monster Hunter World has shipped through 8 million copies remaining Capcom's best-selling game, which is insanity, because um, it hit you know that 7 pretty quickly. Nice to see them go to 8, uh, and they're actually still doubling down on ways to sell that more. Uh, obviously, sales are slowing, but the game has been obviously steady with uh, release, so who knows. Uh, Apex Construct, a PSVR action-adventure game featuring robots in what looks to be an exotic world now has a demo available on the PlayStation Store, which is cool because I can't think of very many PSVR games that have had demos. There's a few. And I think uh, a lot of them were on the demo disc that you got with the headset. You couldn't even download them separately from what I remember. So it's cool to see them actually be out like this. Uh, so, hey, if you have a VR and you've been curious about the game, it looks fun, you know, uh, then I'm probably going to try it myself. That way I don't spend money on something I may not like. Uh, next up, Sony is bringing back the Road to Greatness tour in which a semi goes through the nation, and this is for U.S. only, um, with some of the newest PlayStation games and upcoming ones as well. For info on dates and what cities they'll be visiting, uh, visit the PlayStation blog. They have a post that goes over all that, what dates they'll be coming to which cities, uh, and maybe you'll want to drive to one of them. It's not a huge list. It looks like it's maybe about 10 to 12 cities, which is about in line with what they've done before. But hey, you may get to play something cool that's not even out yet. Who knows, maybe Days Gone or something crazy on there considering they're letting other people play it. 
speaking of Days Gone, Sony Ben's Days Gone will be the cover story for June's issue of Game Informer. Alongside this, we get a lot of information from the game's director, John Garvin. Um, GI, which is Game Informer, <laughs> also showed the first hour of the game and confirmed an early 2019 release window, which is what I've been saying forever. I'm going to stick with a February. What do you think, Saul? February 2019. Yeah. Okay. That's and you know what? I'm going to be even more bald. February They've been doing this. 13th, 2019. Is that what you're going to do? That's what I'm going to do. Because what I was going to do is go in and look, because I'm not exactly sure um, the days. Uh, see, I'm going I'm to say it's a Friday release, so I'm going to say February 15th, and we'll be able to see if I'm right uh, in future episodes. But, yeah, February 15th, that's what we're going to hold to. Uh, anyway, they said that it will be an early 2019 release, and for the game uh, to expect a 30-hour main storyline, which is impressive, uh, and I hope not tedious. They mentioned a couple of things, like the game God will have flashback sequences, um, which I have a slight reservation about. That seems a little odd, but depending on how they go about doing them, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, um, which will I agree. go into his relationship with Sarah. I think is her name. I could be wrong about that, uh, but his woman, obviously, that they showed in the trailer early on, uh, as well as some other cool stuff about like the way that the the freakers work, or you know, whatever the zombie like creatures of the game, uh, and that they kind of hoard up, and that they, uh, I think, they're adverse to the light, stuff like that. That's kind of cool. Um, I'm not a huge zombie fan person. I still think, even though they went into it, that uh, to some average viewers, it's going to look a little too much like The Last of Us. I do get that the game is really not like The Last of Us. Uh, but, you know, you're talking about people who don't buy games every day. What, are they, what happens when they see it and might get it and go, oh, it looks too much like this. But yeah. I think that also helps it because people who don't normally buy games will get it uh, because they're like, oh, this looks like World War Z. I want to play World War Z. That's true. Yeah. So it's like a double, you know, it could work for them and I, it could be their downfall or to their benefit. Um, speaking of cool looking games though, first person shooter atomic heart was revealed with an awesome trailer showcasing uh, Bioshock S gameplay in a stylized Soviet union. Did you see this? Song? I want it so bad. It looks so good. Uh, no release window was given, but the trailer's gameplay looks decently enough along that. I would imagine we're going to see more sooner rather than later. I don't necessarily know that I'd say E3, because it didn't mention if there's a publisher involved or if this is a completely indie game. Uh, but Saul, what do you think? E3 or not? Uh, E3, and if this game comes out this year and it, it's good, this very well may be my game of the year. Do you really feel like it would come out this year with everything else it has to go up against oh, with the rest of the I year? I think that it fits the perfect niche to go up against. Because something. there's nothing else releasing there's, similar to it. Yeah, like I think that this game could come out December. What else is in December at this point? Nothing that I know of, but here's the only other thing I'll say. While I think that this looks really cool, the, the Bioshock-style first-person game, which is also kind of what I like about Dishonored, um, they did, Arcane did that with uh, Prey and, obviously, Dishonored. And with all that said, none of those games sold well. Prey didn't sell well. Prey was garbage. Dishonored didn't sell well. This game better not be garbage. So my point being, though, I wouldn't say Prey was garbage. I think Prey was an all right game. It was just different enough. I, I think that it did not deserve to be $60. Especially when you can beat it in as fast as you can. But I think that that happens with a lot of games, you know? You could technically beat Far Cry 5 in, what, five minutes? I'm talking, well, yeah, yeah, whatever you say. So, hey. Isn't that different in Prey, though? 
Like it's pray it's like can't you actually go through the game and pray in like less than two hours or something like that? Oh no, not if you do what you're supposed to do. There's uh, again, there a- if you follow the narrative thread it's trying to give you now, because of its open nature, you can make your way to the final area if you know what to do. Oh, okay. You know, I thought it was the way I've always heard. Is as it soon as like you start playing, full, like two hours, you could actually beat the game due to a speed run thing you could do. No, nah, I mean, yeah, speed run thing maybe, which is again skirting a bunch of things the game would normally have you do because you figured out ways around them. Yeah, especially glitches so. and stuff. So I understand. I mean, not even sense. that. I think sometimes it's just gameplay mechanics that you learn. Like, oh, I'm not, that's not necessary for this part, this part, this part. I have to go get this one, but this this one will get me here quicker than I, the game intends me to. Right. You know, that's different. That's speed running. I don't really count that as that. Uh, but the game looks awesome, so I hope we see it uh, at E3. And I don't know. Part of me hopes it's an indie game just because, you know, I'd like to see a little indie game winner like we saw with, like, a Hellblade come out. I don't know. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, Don't Nod Entertainment have announced that for its upcoming action RPG Vampire, which still looks sick. I'm going to get it. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, there will only be one save file for your entire playthrough. Since which? the game focuses on your choices and actions shaping the story, they use this in an aim to press you to think more about your decisions before you make them. I don't have a problem with this, but I will think that certain people who like to play on one system, on one, like, you know, say somebody who's like wife and husband wanted to share one thing, not being able to have oh, a second yeah. save file means that there can't be a second concurrent playthrough either. i guess that makes sense yeah uh at least i would imagine with the way they've worded this so uh odd but i am behind it because nobody shares my playstation with me so hey there we go uh and now getting into the crazy stuff of the news that i'm sure everybody knows about but hey it warrants being talked about walmart canada potentially leaked a ton of e3 announcements by posting listings for a number of games including rage 2 Splinter Cell, which has been rumored for a while, Just Cause 4, interesting, because Just Cause 3 did not sell very well. Very interesting. No, it did not. Uh, Borderlands 3 and more with just black key art over a case template and really box-looking box text over it, just white text that said the name. Uh, and since then, Walmart have come back and said that the leak happened uh, as a glitch and that postings were for speculative games uh interestingly enough though Saul, i don't know if you noticed this the leak showed final fantasy 7 on xbox well now, yeah that's that that's could always, have happened because that's always been a given it the reveal the reveal trailer said it says play first, it first on playstation there's no telling if that's playstation and pc because yeah, that's exactly so. what the original final fantasy 7 near was on neo near Oh yeah, near too. But <laughs> I thought you. I, but I thought you were talking about uh, Neo because of it came to PlayStation first. Yeah. Then came to PC at a later date, which I think is what's going to happen here. If you look at it, that's exactly what happened with the original Final Fantasy VII. It released on PlayStation first, and then it came back around for a uh, PC release later. So I think they're kind of ledgering, ever, leveraging that again. But even then, I wouldn't rule out that the possibility would be more along the lines of PlayStation Four and Switch. I'm not saying it's impossible for Xbox to get it, but we've already seen uh, that. Square is shying away from putting certain releases that are very JRPG-centric onto Xbox. I mean, yeah. they kind of know it's a waste of, of, of you know... Now, Final Fantasy VII performs really well in the West, so that would be the only reason I'd be like, okay, this is why they would break that. You know what I mean? Because they have a chance of actually selling it. I don't uh, there's been some rumors that Nier might be coming to... You know, like uh, World End talked about with Nier talk, uh, coming to uh, Switch and Xbox. I don't know. I don't quite think that personally. Uh, I, what, I feel, seven? No, 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 Nier Automata. Oh, Nier Automata on Nintendo would be on the Switch. Would be I think it'd amazing. be interesting. I don't even. I don't know. The game's not just technically demanding, but I don't know if they could get it to run on the Switch without a lot of work. And is that really worth the potential extra sales? I don't know because they didn't even go back and fix the PC version. Really, 
And that was a really think, that was an area did. of contention somebody, for a lot of people. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I think they did as of like a month ago. Oh my god, that's crazy. I'm still I mean, good so, for them. I guess yeah. Like still I, hoping for some uh, people for on PC near can finally, news in this Square E3 conference. Um, yeah, bring me near on d- Switch. Uh, anyway, Bethesda took the leak and ran with it, uh, tweeting from the Rage Twitter account uh, for the first time in years in jest and continuing by tweeting images suggesting Rage 2 information to come May 14th. Uh, the day this goes live, we'll see. Some people were speculating, and I and I said it myself even in the Discord, and they were like, well, maybe it's just a Monday release. It's probably what it is to step out in front of the fact that the leak happened, step out in front and go, hey, here we are. Um, the game got leaked. They're probably not going to say that, but well, the game like got a, leaked. So whatever. Game Here's the game. Of, like yeah, like that. So, so like what? What a game to like come back with. Okay, I was about to say the same thing because while I know that Blake is like excited for it, and I'm not saying there's not reason to be excited for it, I just think of all games. I find it odd that they would rather fight the battle of coming back with Rage 2 and dealing with an IP that's existing that would be really hard to fix because of a lot of the issues that Rage 1 had and kind of the stigma that came with that instead of just fighting the battle of uh, building a new IP. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean it, makes, it makes perfect sense. and I think The that- other thing is that it's probably ID Soft, and why not go with the game... Like and Blake mentioned it, like Doom Two would be awesome, but Doom was an ID Soft game. So, if they were going to be working on something and it turns out to be Rage Two, you would assume that Doom Two is not in the work yet, right? Right. So I find that also weird because if you're going to go with a weird franchise and and try and bring one, you know, that's doing well for that publisher, I mean, for that uh, developer, I think it makes more sense to go from the uh, Doom Two angle. But as we've seen them do with plenty of people now, uh, they keep letting. Uh, franchises that have not done so well come back with extra titles which i commend them for because from a business perspective it's mighty odd but that's also why i think this is weird from a business perspective it does not make much sense for them to keep doing this no. so i don't know i'm gonna leave it at that uh and continue on um the last thing on the list is that playstation have finally announced their e3 2018 schedule uh last uh and potentially least i hope not uh but taking a potential cue from PSX 2017, Sony have come out and said that it will be a showcase this year uh, as opposed to a traditional keynote. Um, and that it will be focusing on four games in particular, uh, at least from the first party side, which is Death Stranding, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man, and The Last of Us Part Two, uh, which we knew would be at E3 this year from PSX last year. But alongside third party and independent dev announcements, uh, tune in June 12th at 6 p.m. PST. Uh, and we are going to be uh, talking about that a little bit. So Saul, do you want to hop in? I think that's interesting, but we'll get into that in a little bit because that kind of deals with the topic of the show. But Saul, what uh, do you want to go ahead and do reader mail? Or do you want to hop into kind of our E three plans? Let's go ahead and do reader mail real quick, um, okay? Just so we can have um, uh, a little bit of extra time for our E three plans if we need them. Um, Steve Beto asked a great question. We'll use that as our lead into our topic. So we'll actually bring that up after we go over E three plans, right? Um, but. Matthew Green wants to know, is it too late? Or he says, I know it's late, but could Sony do anything to revive the PSP and PS Vita? No. Uh, Not from a hardware perspective. Now, what they could do is put those games onto the PSN store. Yeah, because he says, what could Sony do? So I guess, in our opinion, what could Sony do to actually reverse the fortunes? Right. And I got to say... Make it more accessible. You're peeking there, my dude. 
Huh? Just, you're peeking just a little bit. You're peeking. Oh. Oh, well. It doesn't matter. Okay. You said peeking. I'm like, peeking at what? Your screen? No. Uh, it doesn't matter. That's fine. Hey, look, if, if I'm blowing the hell out, y'all just tell me uh, for next episode, and I'll lower myself down to a little mouse squeak. Uh, but what I think is interesting about this question is that you'd want to look and say it's too late for it, right? But you, by the same thing, you would think, well, it's too late for the 3DS because the Switch is already out. The 3DS has been out forever. The reason I say Nintendo that is because... Nintendo actually loves the 3DS, though. Sony right? did not love its bastard uh, But here's where I stand son. on this. The reason I say that is because by now, it's hard to do something with that... Uh, with that with the Vita, because it's such old technology, getting new games to release concurrently on it's getting harder and harder as uh, these engines keep updating to a point where the Vita is not able to leverage a lot of these, and it's really hard to port over to that system uh, for a lot of developers where they're choosing to just drop it and not even try it. Uh, and we already saw it happen with a lot of de- developers promising to bring it to Vita just to have to to tr- uh, you know can that promise because they could not get their games to run on Vita. Yeah. Um, so when you see that, it's like. What could Sony do? Sony could have done something long ago. That's the thing about that. Sony does not need to do anything about it now because they really can't. There's nothing that Sony's trying to do uh, or that they could try and do now that could really reverse the, the Vita's sake because what happens with the Vita is that you're well past the point in which people will go ahead and actively try and buy it. Yes, it'd probably be cheap, but now it's you know it's too late because Sony have completely quit selling them new in the states in general and in all territories besides Which is Japan. ridiculous. The only the only place you can get a new Vita is in Japan. Now, does that make sense? Absolutely. It's the only country where the game the system sells. It's the only country where it really the games sell a lot. Uh, the America and other territories have done decent, and there's been a very active group of people who are very vocal about their support of the Vita, and it's obviously a great system. I love it. I wish that something could be done to bring it back, but I think at some point you've got to face, face the truth. Because it's so far gone and because they've waited so long to do any real, real steps towards it and because they abandoned it when they did and, and straight out came out and said, hey, we're abandoning it no more, first-party support. Uh, we're just going to let it float on. And that was about two or three years into the system's life. Uh, uh, and I think it was like two, two and a half. That is a very crazy thing to do for a system. because you That is the, the nail in the coffin. There is no coming back from that. You as the publisher and the creator and the manufacturer of the system, uh, actually, uh, you're saying up front, no, we, we're not going to do anything. We realize at this point this is beyond return. Now, what's been crazy is that even after that, the, the Vita actually continued to thrive in its own little way, obviously not in comparison to other systems, uh, but it did thrive enough and the community did well. It was actually amazing. I'm surprised it did as well as it did after that death sentence because of people, it's still worth picking up to this day too. Oh no, I agree, and I mean not even just from uh, from previous releases. There are still releases that come out that are exciting for well, it. Well, I would now I would le- say much less this year. I've noticed than last year. It's it's starting to slow down. I but, would say just based on the games it has already, because you have Dragon's Dogma, a game getting put to PS4 this week. Sure, you have uh, all the play- PS1 classics. But that was a PS3 game as well. Just to be fair, so when you're well, when yeah. you're dealing with, there's a lot of games that are on Vita specifically. Um, you know that are exclusively on Vita, which is rare. You think it'd be kind of crazy, but there are a lot of games that are well, just, exclusive to the system. Just are good. The PSP games, the PS One games, not all of them, obviously, but the good ones. Sadly, you get but yeah. Final Fantasy Seven, Final Fantasy Tactics. You get some of the classic. It's the best RPG machine I think there's ever been in terms of a handheld, and, and that's one of the crazy will be things. The best. That's that's one of the crazy things for people is that 
it's what drives it's what drives some people away from even wanting to get it because they're all all you hear from people about it. Oh, it's great for JRPG fans, and it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is. There's uh, like but that. I do think it's also great for people who are willing to experiment a little bit with indie games uh, because yeah. there are a lot of really cool indie games on there. That I've, I mean, I even though it's moved along, I do think it feels the best. Uh, on Vita in comparison to the other console you can play it on. Now, yes, you can play it on your phone and stuff like that, but uh, Severed, in comparison to the 3DS and Wii U release, I think it feels best on Vita uh, because of the way the game is meant to be played. Holding the system the way yeah. that you do feels the most responsive um, to what you're doing and the most you know receptive to you being able to play it. I think Severed's a great game. I think the Drinkbox, any game they put out for the system is worth trying. It's really interesting. A lot of them have come out on other things, but if you've not played Guacamelee, I think playing it on Vita is a great place to start. Uh, there are plenty of Vita games that are really cool, and I'm surprised that I'm not going over. We talked about Soul Sacrifice a few times. Freedom Wars was a very interesting way to end out. It's, it's a kind of divisive game. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. Uh, obviously, Uncharted, Golden Abyss was a really good game. Killzone, uh, Killzone uh, God, help me, Mercenaries, Mercenaries. Uh, was a fantastic game. And it was the best example outside of Uncharted. They're very neck-to-neck for different reasons of taking a franchise that was spawned or at least very heavily popularized on the PS3 um, and continuing it on the Vita in a way that felt true to the series and was just awesome. So I say regardless of what you want to play on the system, there's a little bite-sized games that are really well. I thought East Origin was awesome on it. Yes, that's on PS4, but... If these are, if you've not played these games and you have it in you to go ahead and play them, uh, or you have it in to try them out and you can do so on the Vita, I would say do it. You you'll find that you enjoyed them more on the Vita than on PS4. At least in my experience, I think that would hold up across the board. Uh, there's a lot of games that are just really, pre- I, you know, they really work out better on the Vita for me. And a lot of them have to do with games that don't uh, crutch on voice acting or anything like that. It's just more about the gameplay experience, right? Right. So. I don't know. Saul is in a weird spot. He had one and then had some dead pixels, and he's not felt the need to pick him back up. I mean, I, I, I would pick it back up again. I just need a guarantee that that won't happen again, and I'm, I don't have that guarantee. Realistically, I probably could have just went through Amazon, got a return, and, and been fine, because I know Amazon's perfect returns. I but mean, at maybe. the same time, it, it, it's kind of one of those things that you throw a, you, you buy a screen protector for it, you buy a skin for it, you put it all on there, then that happens, you got to do it all over again, and then get everything <laughs> delivered back all over again. It just kind of killed my spirit. One, maybe one day I'll pick it back up. It definitely won't happen. I mean, so all the chances of it happening again are so low. I still have my original Slim Vita. I mean, I still have my original Vita and my Slim Vita, neither of which have problems. Oh, no, I know. It's so. just uh, my original Vita. I think you're just kind of over it, too. Like, the, you, you support it, but you're like, I've gave it a shot. No, I, but, I, it's not like I gave it a shot. I, I loved it for what I had. Uh, sure. My favorite, one of my favorite things on there was, was being able to play Castlevania Symphony Not Again. It was sure. just great. All right, well, what's the next question you want to do? Sure. So we have Mr. Daniel Groobs up here wanting to know, what are some of your gaming and non-gaming related guilty pleasures? And then he references a CNN article that kind of gives uh, like unique or uh, off-the-wall guilty pleasures for men. I will say that one of mine is actually on there, and it's like take a bath because baths can be so relaxing. You get like two cups of Epsom salt in there. And, you know, you don't have it too scalding hot that it dries your skin out and you're all itchy afterwards, but then you get it warm enough sitting there and, like, um, I've listened to audiobooks, I've listened to game soundtracks. Like, the last time I took a bath. While you're bathing? Yeah. Just sit there and relax. Um, but that's, I mean, I guess that is but my gaming guilty pleasure. I don't really think I have one. So, you are a rather tall man. We're not that far from each other in height. No. How the hell do you fit in the tub? I mean, I just, I have my knees up. Like, I don't just, like, lay out. I can't lay out. Dude, if I'm in a tub... Because you're what six three, right? And I'm like six yeah. one. So yeah. if I'm in, in a, if, maybe it's in a difference bathtub. in tubs, but if I'm in any tub I've ever had in my life, 
if I'm in a tub, either my body's in it and my legs are pretty much wholly out, well, like, or my legs are in it and my body's no, out. No, no, no. Like, you just, like, lay on your back with, like, your back up against the, the little slope and then just have your knees sticking up. Like, even when I do that, man, it ends up being the majority of my legs out of the water. I mean, you just got to get a deep tub, I guess. Like, my tub goes up, like, halfway I, through my thighs for all that really want to know. Um, <laughs> but I just think it's interesting because I don't take baths because they're not relaxing. They're, they hurt me because I'm having to contort my body in weird ways. I don't I do not do baths. Uh, this is also – do you have any other guilty pleasures? I mean, I was trying to think of a gaming guilty pleasure. I really – I, I mean, don't, I don't really think I have one. Um yeah, I, I, I don't really think I have one for gaming. So, guilty pleasures is a weird thing. This is kind of where I was going to go. Guilty pleasures are a weird thing for me, because I think I've said it on here before when people are talking about guilty pleasures in other areas, but I don't... I cause Guilty pleasures imply that you'd be ashamed, technically, or you know that you, you wouldn't necessarily love that someone found out about it, right? right. It's kind of one of those things. It's like, oh, it's a guilty pleasure. Like, I enjoy doing it, but it's a little odd that I enjoy doing it, and I wouldn't want everybody in the world to know I, I do it. I don't have that and i don't really know what it is uh anything that i just like really like to do and like and when i do it i'm like oh this is awesome i will gladly tell anybody uh and with that being said uh th- it's a weird thing i w- again so i'm just gonna go off of what normally would be things that i imagine people would be like why would you tell somebody that um but i like uh old selena gomez music uh i knew that i just yeah of course because i play it in the car with everybody i don't yep. care i play it uh but yeah old selena gomez like her first two albums with selena gomez in the scene i enjoy them uh they they respond at the tail end of the time period when pop music was very rock inspired it's still very poppy um but i like it you know you kind of have like you know some guitar licks in there that are really cool and kind of have like a punky vibe to them like, yeah and they just got a weird upbeatness to them so in that same vein i really like old kelly clarkson uh, and also old avril lavigne that's kind of my my area of pop that i really like uh where you get in and it's it's you know it's very cookie cutter and ridiculous lyrics and things that i should not enjoy singing along to but by all means i just do you do anyway uh, and I, I mean like really i listen to it more often than you think, and my wife can back me up. She thinks it's the most hilarious thing in the world. Um, so that's it. I think a lot of things for me are just very odd music choices. Uh, I think what's funny is I think Liam has that too. Things that if definitely for what my outward appearance tends to be, like things that I represent. Not to be honest, I don't think I could even find a Selena Gomez in the scene shirt that would fit me that I visually would like the look of. That doesn't mean I don't like the band, but uh, you know when you look at me, the things I wear, like my band shirts and stuff like that, you wouldn't look at me and be like, oh, he likes uh, Disney stars pop music yeah like he likes selena gomez so and now new selena gomez loses it for me way more people probably like her now because she's normal for the pop world right i like you know the first two albums when it was all just kind of ridiculous young kid stupid stuff and i don't know why they're catchy they're fun to sing to they're fun to listen to i even laugh at a lot of it I, but that's the other thing i like I say this all the time, and it's a little different. You make fun of hotel books. I make fun of hotel books, but I like hotel books. So I'm making fun of them because I feel like it's okay for me to do that because I'm only making fun of them in a way that's jestful and something I enjoy. You make fun of them because you're trying to crap on them. Yeah. But my point being, I make fun of everything. So, of course, I make fun of Selena Gomez and stuff, but I enjoy it. And I make, yeah. I'm make. i more likely to make fun of something that I enjoy than I am to make fun of something I don't enjoy. Um, that's a good answer, though. Like, that works. Uh, um, but that's, that's one. I wouldn't say I have a gaming one because, I I mean, I don't know. I kind of own up to everything I play. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't like, even I played, think of something that I play. I play Doki Doki Literature Club. Like, yeah, like, I'm not going to hide that. 
Oh yeah, dude! I used to love playing uh, dating simulators on computer. That's like we just a, roll through. That's not I don't, exactly I don't, a dating simulator. I know, but it, but it's a similar style game where it's like it's it's text based and you're rolling through and meeting different characters. I guess it could be considered a dating simulator. I never considered it that. It's a visual novel to me. But my but point, yeah. yeah. But my point being, I I used to enjoy the hell out of those games when I was a kid. Just putting them on and being like, oh, this girl's cool. I want to go see if I can romance her when I get to talk to her. And that was some of my favorite parts of the Sims. Sims Herbs in the City on on Game Boy Advance was way better than the Sims Herbs in the City on the in consoles, in my opinion. I loved it because of the way that you got to walk around and you could talk to people. And I would always be actively like, I'm going to go talk to this girl. I'm going to talk to Sam and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hit her off and I'm going to try and say the right things to get her to like me. And I don't know. It's fun. That kind of stuff when I was a kid was really fun. But Dan, I'm sorry. I don't really know that I have anything like that. But one thing I am going to get out, Mr. Dan Groobs. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and get us. Uh, we have done some very, very nice stuff. One of our very first articles of fan mail, like literal mail. That what did not include me. Not not literal mail. It wasn't postage. It was UPS. But look at this, folks. Oh, is if that you a resistance are, to? If you are listening on uh, audio only, you can't tell what it is. It is a resistance to strategy guide in mint condition with the poster in the back still included. And it's a really cool poster because it's actually a uh, trophy poster that shows you all the things that you're supposed to do when you get a trophy on one side and then some concept art on the other. Uh, so, Dan, thank you so much, man. That's awesome. One second. Let me see that because there's important stuff in here that... I was holding the spine. Hey, look, you, you calm down, good sir. Oh, yeah, let me see. I know I know what he said about those. I just want to see them. You'll see them in a minute. I want to see them right now. Audio people hate us, which is 90% of our viewers. <laughs> uh, y'all deal with it. Dan writes, Brett, I know you're a huge Resistance fan, so when I found this pack, uh, when I found this packing for my move, I knew what had to be done with it. It even still has the poster. Enjoy. I love that. Then he goes on to say, Saul and Brett, keep up the great work. The gaming passion you guys show makes it more fun. Thanks for including and being so involved with your audience. Dan, thank you, man. Thank really. You. And I got to say, like, I'm obviously, you, you, you said we, you, we don't, like, we shouldn't say anything about your job. You do have a really cool job compared to us. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Thank you a lot, Dan. Little Thank do you know, I also have a cool job. I don't have a cool job. I mean, if I take your job, it is a cool job. I think, um, I, I think I've said what I do on here once. I mean, I yeah. don't care. Uh, I do though. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, but anyways, um, so I guess we can move on to our E3 plans. So I think that starting off with the schedule will be the best thing because we can get immediately to what we'll be able to cover. Okay, go ahead. So for those that don't know, we are in the uh, Central Time Zone, Chicago Time Zone, whatever you want to call it. And for us, uh, we have a couple hit like hiccups here and there. So EA for us is at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Xbox is 3 p.m. on Sunday with Bethesda at 8.30, five hours later uh, on Sunday. Uh, Square Enix is noon on Monday. And, <coughs> excuse me, Monday is the biggest day of them all by far. It's Square Enix at noon for us, Ubisoft at 3, PC Gaming Show at 5, X, or PlayStation at 8, and then Nintendo is the next day at 11 a.m. Um... We're not going to be able to get all these. So here's what we're going to do for stuff like Xbox. And I don't want to do EA because that's part of their pre-show. I don't want, I'm not watching that. EA's um, part, what do you mean part of their pre-show? EA's uh, conference is not exactly a full-on conference. Because theirs is EA it's, Play. Right. But they've done that every year so far. Is that not a big pre-show? No. I they mean, just reveal stuff on the red carpet and stuff. Maybe. I don't know. I've never watched it, but I don't really... I thought that th that's what I was We don't watching. have to do it. That's fine, but... Um, well, and then the other thing is is that Xbox will be on... I think it's interesting that Xbox came back with their Sunday Sundays. slot. Yeah, instead of Monday. 
Um, but Xbox and Bethesda is something we should be able to hit if you want to. If no, not, absolutely. Okay. I will say this. I don't think that we'll be covering them as Triangle Squared. This will likely, because we're, we're doing this on Nartech Gaming Twitch. Right. Uh, I think that those will just be kind of, we'll, we'll do that more as just a well, Nartech Gaming thing. And then the PlayStation one will be a Triangle the Squared The PlayStation thing. one will be a Triangle Squared Presents uh, kind of style thing. Uh, just because I think it's more fitting. And I do, uh, I'm actually extremely interested to see what Xbox does this year. And part of that's actually in response to the fact that Sony has come down with this potentially, potentially more subdued announcement well, that this is going to be focused around four games. So the thing is, they, they've zapped a little bit of surprise away from it. Yeah, but. Let's, let's keep that for the main topic. Okay, that fine, is our main fine, topic. Fine, we're talking about fine. what we're doing. Okay, okay so um, mm-hmm. Bethesda is something that we'll definitely see. Xbox, um, we're going to be streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv uh, slash nartech slash gaming or dot gaming on Twitch. It's something. We'll leave a, call, we'll leave a link in the, in the YouTube below uh, for everything. Um, what we can't do, I say we, Square Enix is at noon on Monday, followed by Ubisoft at 3 on Monday. I'm not doing PC gaming show. Is know. that noon for us? That is that is noon for us, and that's 3 p.m. for us. These are our time zones in bolded. Right? I mean, this is it. It's just I just translated from military time. If it's at noon on Monday, dude, I, I could come by. You think you could? we could set everything up at your place and do Square Enix? Okay. Sure, if you don't mind. No, I, yeah, I do want to take lunch that day. Um, I Ubi- think that'd be cool. I'm excited as hell for Square. Yeah, I am too. Uh, Ubisoft and Nintendo are two things that I'll be doing at my own place. Supposed to be having some internet infrastructure upgrades to our service though this week uh, of uh, E3. So if I don't live stream it, which is what I'm hoping to do, um, I will just do a uh, reaction of it. I will be using OBS and whatever, filming myself, uh, watching the YouTube videos of it, the live stream, and then we'll upload that. Um, but we, we plan on covering things we want to cover. We're not part of the media. I don't want to cover PC gaming show. I don't really care do to I. cover EA. Um, so <laughs> like it's it's the big ones. It's Xbox, Bethesda, Square, Ubisoft, Nintendo, Sony. All those I want to get covered. And we're going to have all those covered uh, together between us. I think the only two I'm going to do is Ubisoft and Nintendo. That's going to be fine. We hope you guys can join us on Twitch for this. I know a lot of people don't like watching people do live stuff. Uh, they'd rather watch it on their own. That's completely fine. That's exactly how I am. But for those that want you know, to come hang out and stuff, we'll be sitting there. We'll be eating, uh, hanging out, answering questions, and talking with chat. Last year we did it. It was really fun. LGB yeah, showed now up. We're, we're, we're respectful up. with it. Now, what I always say is that during the conference, when the, we'll, we're going to have a pre-show thing where we're talking before the conference starts About 30 when minutes. they're in conference, and we'll kind of have that minimized. And then when the main thing goes, we, we'll switch, and we'll have the main thing showing. So if you do want to watch along with us, you can do so, and we'll have ourselves uh, in the bottom corner, and uh, we will keep talking to a dead minimum unless we just get extremely excited uh, which we would assume that a lot of the time y'all would be too but we are definitely going to try and not ruin the experience for y'all uh, it's it's fun to be able to do it though and be able to communicate real time while there are reactions uh, so if that's something you want to do uh, we'll have that going one thing that we needed to clear up and I was waiting to kind of see how things went is the E3 bingo game, uh, and we're going to clear all of that up. We've kind of been talking about it a lot in Discord, uh, and we will kind of talk about it a little bit more in Discord to get it, uh, you know, to make sure they know too. Uh, but this will kind of cover everything. What we're going to do is that there will be a drop-down day. So this is a bingo card, 5 by 5 I will say that what I'm going to do uh, is going to be a free slot in the center, standard bingo rules. I, I'm a big fan of the free slot in the center. Universal uh, slot. So you have 24 things that you need to figure out. Uh, and you have 24 predictions um, for E3. And what we're going to do for no, that. Nothing announced already. 
Nothing that we know for sure is announced to be at E3 uh, can be allowed on the card. But what I'm going to say first is actually our drop-down date will be that you have to turn it in by June 1st. From June 1st onward, uh, anything that gets announced will count on your bingo card. So because you put it on there, and we're going to consider it. For the, for the month of E3, basically, kind of what we're doing up until the end of the conferences, uh, we're going to kind of play it that way. Uh, by nature of the show, if it's, if it's a third-party thing, then you can include it on your card. And uh, we don't want to bash anything like that. It's not what we're aiming to do. So we're going to steer away from any Xbox things so that people don't try and put rude or stupid things about Xbox and trying to do that. You don't have to like Xbox. I'm not saying that. Hey, it's, it's what you like. You have your personal preferences. Uh, but we do want to be more centric of things that can work on Sony's platforms. <clears throat> so if you want it to be during Bethesda's conference and it's something that's going to be multi-platform, that's fine if you want to include it on there. Um, but for the most part, it's got to be either a third-party game or, or something that's going on that will pertain to PlayStation in some form or fashion uh, or to gaming industry as a whole that will affect all consoles. <clears throat> Now, what we're going to do from our drop, our June 1st drop-down date, that includes all pre-show before the conferences themselves, uh, and that includes everything, like we said, that gets announced in the sometimes uh, weeks uh, or week, week and a half before E3 starts. So anything from June 1st into the end of E3, if they announce it in that window, it will count on your bingo card. The reward will be, if you get bingo, um, will be a... And I've decided how to pull back on this. I don't want to go too crazy because there's a chance that things are crazy. Uh, if there's one person that wins, we're going to do a $25 card, uh, a PSN, PSN card. card. Uh, and we'll, I mean, wherever, if you're in a specific country, we'll find a way to work that out and we'll get it to you. Uh, we've done it once before. Um, and then uh, if we have more than one bingo uh, where two people actually do manage to get it, then we will s- kind of split that and do like uh, two tens or maybe two twenties. We'll figure that one out. Uh, I'm going to say two. So, so what do you think in the moment? Two tens to be fair. Two tens. Okay. Yeah. So two tens, two $10 cards. Um, <clears throat> and then if there's a, if it's if it goes three, we'll kind of figure out the best way to go about it. Uh, I don't think that will happen, but as far as what you can put on there, kind of Saul was wondering about that earlier. Um, you can kind of now that we know with Sony's announcement that they're going to be focusing on four games, those four games can still be included, but they're going to have to be more involved than just saying that we see this game because, like, one of the things is we knew that we were going to see Last of Us 2. Well, now we for sure know we're going to see have Last to of have Us 2. So it's got to be a specific. If it's saying uh, we see a five minute gameplay of The Last of Us 2 with a. Um, April 2019 release date, then that's fine. That will count. Uh, if you want to say something even as bold and like, this is where the idea originally kind of came from. If you want to say that throughout all the conferences, uh, we hear that we, we see, uh, at minimum five new battle Royale games and or modes across new, uh, across different games, uh, mentioned or released or revealed or whatever. Uh, that's, that's something you can put on there. Uh, and I think that we want to have fun with this. So, I mean, don't try and play it safe just to win. Please, I mean, if you want to, you want to. I want to see people do things that they want slash also think will happen to an extent. So go crazy. I mean, if you think that there's going to be a Vita 2 announcement, go for it. Sean Layden said there's not going to be any hardware at E3 this year. But you and know that's what? what I, that's, all, that's what I was <clears throat> talking about today when they were like, what are you mad about? And I'm like, the, the fact that officials are coming out saying what's not going to be there. Let me dream. Let your dreams be dreams. Oh, and I forgot to say, too, that uh, next, next week, if everything goes as planned, um, episode 60, coincidentally enough, will be live streamed on Twitch. We will be doing our E3 hopes and expectations, and um, we are going to, uh, or dreams and expectations. 
it's not going to be near as fun this year with all the crap that they've all said already. But it's going to be fun. We're going to be live streaming. Drop on by if y'all want to. We're going to let everybody know via Twitter. We're going to show up like 20 minutes beforehand before we start. And, of course, uh, when we're all done, these will come to YouTube and SoundCloud right. and all the podcast yeah, services gonna, as usual. All Everything we do on Twitch uh, in the next coming weeks. Uh, but... We will be interacting with chat, too. You know, if, if Liam wants to pop in and ask us a funny question while recording, you guys will see that and reference that. One of YouTube. the things we'll have in the live, live one is there won't just be, because it won't be structured the same, it will be live. There will not just be three reader mail questions. We will be constantly like interacting while we're doing it. Uh, and, and we'll mention, if you want to give us some of your E3 uh, hopes and dreams live, we'll talk about those, too, uh, while we're doing it. Uh, Basal, do you think it's about time to hop into that main topic? Uh, yeah, even though we, we've... I feel like the main topic is going to be shorter than the E3 announcements because we kind of just spoke or spoke most of our feelings. Hey, that's just why we've, been, we've just been being chill and cool about that one. And yeah, I, I did say a little too much, but that's okay because I, I do. I have a lot to say still, Ugh. but I'm, I'm curious if you do. Okay, Saul, do you want to read it? You want me to? I got it. Uh, our last email question going to, of course, lead us into the main topic. <laughs> Mr. Steve Biddo says, I'm sure it's at the topic of the show, but what's the story with another showcase from Sony? This time at E3, the biggest show of the year. Seems like they're really taking their foot off the gas. Are they winding down before revealing PS5? Brett. Okay. Are, are they winding down before they reveal the PS5? Uh, okay, so this goes back to what I've said for months. I mean, really, almost for a full year. Uh, I have constantly said that we are getting a very similar window to what we saw, <clears throat> excuse me, with the PS4 announcement and release window uh, in 2019. Now, that's... I've. I was very concrete on that. Then I kind of stepped back a little bit. Now I'm coming back with this still pretty concrete, actually. Like coming back around to the concrete side. I think that what this shows is that at this E3, they are trying to figure out how to hold their guns just right with a few surprise announcements, I'm sure. Right. I think that's one thing. While they're saying it's going to focus on these four games, they're not saying there's going to be no announcements. Just like, you know, they still had announcements at PSX, even though they said they were not going to do anything crazy. And they didn't. But there were still announcements. Medieval was announced. I mean, that was kind of cool. They announced uh, the Wipeout VR mode. There are announcements. To what degree, who knows? But <clears throat> what I think is interesting is that you're seeing Sony wind down and say, look, we've already got all these great games that are coming out that are obviously going to kind of be scheduled to release throughout 2019. These are going to be the swan song games for the PS4. This is where my thoughts are. It'll be a swan song thing for PS4. We know all these games are here. We're going to show them off at E3, get real good in-depth looks. We'll have a few surprise announcements for other things that will come to PS4 before it's all done. I think I said PS3 a second ago. Oops. Uh, but they're going to do that, and then what they're going to aim for is that around February or March-ish of next year, I do think, Steve, that we are going to get exactly that. They're winding down by being playing it safe and looking at, hey, here's our games. And then in February to March, we get this announcement for a PS5. These games continue to release throughout that year. And then in November, or in that time, or in that area, maybe even early 2020, but in that area of uh, you know d winter, is what I'll say, of uh, 2019 into 2020, we will get the PS5. And the reason them being so shy about everything and kind of coming out and playing it so safely is such a weird thing to me. And there, there's a couple of things that it could be. Uh, LCB, and I do think that there's a little bit to this. LCB is smart in saying that while every year they have found new ways to try and shake it up, <laughs> I saw it earlier too, uh, but while they found new ways to try and shake it up, they have gotten kind of bigger and bigger and bigger every year, and expectations go more and more through the roof, right? So 
what's the smartest thing for someone to do considering that they know up front that it's going to be hard to keep that much hype going? You come out and you do a little bit of damage control early. You go, hey, look, guys, we're excited. These games are going to be awesome, but these are the games we're going to talk about. These are the games we're going to show. Uh, we're setting up an expectation to not get yourself burned out. So what do you do with that? <clears throat> you take it and you go, carry this forward. That way, whenever we go to do PS5 and the next E3, we'll have the games that we need to show you. We'll mention a few and show some older games running on PS5 when we do the announcement. And then at E3, for the E3, with the first E3 where PS5 is a known thing, we're going to just drop the bottom out and destroy everything. And if they can pull that off, similar to how they won E3 2013 in most people's eyes, you know, in this magic battle uh, that's not technically going on, but you know, they, they won E3 to a lot of people because of the fact that they came back so hard against Xbox. They can somewhat repeat the winning of an E3 by just showing exactly what they've already shown in the PS4 generation, which is that they know that people buy games to be a game, uh, to buy, people buy consoles to be a games machine, and that means they want games. If they can prep people PS5 and avoid the release issues they had during the early PS4 era. Uh, uh, you know, Jen, were early this generation, there were great games, but they were having problems with it, having to delay, delay them far too often, creating big ga gaps between release windows. Uh, and now you're seeing the opposite problem happen to Xbox. If we see Sony be able to actually continue that with the PlayStation 5, you've got a great, great, great start oh, to yeah. what can be another great, great, great console. Just and maybe this cycle of every that the Xbox 360 started of every other generation somehow having to flip on its head will stop. Now yeah. that doesn't mean that Xbox can't come back and do one-to-one -one like they did during the PS3 gen, but we know that early PS3 360 gen 360 was on top because it had games. I would say and it the was, entire gen, honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree, but in the long run, if you at least want to go off of sales, it was one-to-one. Now that, yeah, and that's yeah, extremely interesting because you know the PS2 sold like six point five to one I ratio think, to the X, the original Xbox. The I, Xbox 360 came back so hard against what the original Xbox did that it's kind of amazing. So I do think, Steve, that's exactly what we are seeing, and I I think it's a smart move personally. Now, World End did say that they don't even need it because. I get it. You have four games that are amazing. Nintendo was considered to have won E3 when they showed off Breath of the Wild, which was one game. That's the only game they showed off, though. But that Somebody was, that that was that Discord. the Discord. I can't that, think of who said it. But, but like, that was the game that everybody said. That's what won it. That's what won it. Of they, course, that yeah, was their reason. Can, it wasn't because they any, showed. It's not because they showed. Let's just go crazy. Uh, Metroid Prime Four and a new Smash, and then that, and there's like three big games to go home with. No, people thought they won it because of one game. Well, and that's so. And that's Sony has cra crazy. Sony too. has four games to be that one game for these people. I think, and in, if if people attach to any one of them, even if you have people on different ports, you know, different. Oh. Death Stranding made E3 for me. Or, yeah. and, and then you have a couple other people. You have four games to excite that, to put that kind of excitement into people. Then you can unabashedly, again, win this made up battle of E3, where all the win is just making sure that your fans leave excited and enticed and, and reassured that they bought the system that they needed to buy. Right. Or at least the system they bought wasn't in vain. So I think. I don't know, Saul. What, what are your thoughts to that? Because. I think that you're probably in the same book as me, at least a little bit, but I know that I've kind of rode the crusade out for this early uh, next year PS5 uh, reveal 
to a release. Do you agree? Do you think this is actually that? I mean, you've been a little quiet, so I'm curious to see what exactly you have to say. I was incredibly let down when they began uh, the rumors and when they said that, you know, that essentially the four games was all they're going to have with minor um, third party presence. That is kind of one of the things right then and there that was scary because I'm so used to seeing Call of Duty, um, Battlefield. All these other major games at Sony's E3 at the same time. Like last year, we had Shadow of the Colossus, which is Bluepoint, which is, for all we know, is going to be there again this year. And it was almost sounding we, like... Yeah, in the news, because I try not to in the news uh, report on leaks and rumors too much. Uh, I did report on the Canadian one because I thought it was funny. Bethesda came back in a way. But... Um, you know, you you saw, and I'm not going to go into it in case people still want to be surprised, but you saw the leak, I assume, right? Right. Okay, so a couple of things that are not going to be just crazy, because I don't think that this is, and I wouldn't consider this a spoiler to it. It's not going to blow your mind. Uh, the, the, room, the, the leak thing for Sony's conference does obviously mention the four games. I'm not going to, yeah, let's, uh, there are people in Discord that specifically want oh, us to not talk there's about only, that at There's all. only one thing that I'm going to say, because I don't think it's a surprise. And I do, I, if there was ever a stage to do it, the only other place I could see it happening would be Square Enix's press conference, because it's, it's happening before Sony's. Uh, and with that being said, that is specifically Kingdom Hearts 3's release date. So, yeah. Sony, cho- I mean, uh, Square chose to reveal uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 with Sony. I would not be surprised if they chose to reveal the release date with Sony uh, as part of a marketing agreement. I don't know, but I don't think that that's that crazy. Now, the rest of that list gets me excited, but also gets me into that too-good-to-be-true skeptical, true skeptical yeah. nature. Now, with that being said, sky's the limit, but... Leaks aside, let's just say if, if E3 goes down exactly as Sony has said. I'm going to be disappointed overall. And I Now, think- disappointed even – would you have been – I guess this is where I kind of lie on it. A, I, I mean, I know you're going to be disappointed, but do you think that this does signal somewhere, some way to the fact that PS5 is coming in quickly? Oh, yeah, no doubt. But it also signals that this generation has been renowned – I can't even speak right now. I'm so tired. Renowningly bad about the stupid – early releases reveals reveals right, right. where you see something too many times i am sick of days gone i am sick of Spider-Man. they're not going to show days gone again. i am interesting too. have they confirmed that yeah okay now, sizzle reel maybe but that i don't count sizzle reels yeah i don't either as long as it's less than 30 seconds clip um but i'm sick of seeing these games that we've seen okay. the past three i will years. say this the one thing and i think that they would save it for pgw I do think nope, you hold nope, on. You don't, you don't do that. Like you, hold on. The, when I, I say save, I, I, the only thing I think you see because it does it because Days Gone's a new IP. I think the only thing you see is a very short trailer with a release date at either of these conferences. I don't think that they, it even deserves Would, a trailer. There's now like three hours of gameplay footage out on this game. I don't need to see a one tenth of the game's full length already before a year before it's out. Oh, I'm with Absolutely you. Absolutely, I've not been a big fan of the Game Informer one hour of gameplay thing. I think that's very odd, but I also don't partake in it. But what I will say is that that's a new IP that faces the challenges of a new IP. People are not going to buy it off of name recognition alone. But people are not going to buy it off of Ben Studio. It. There are people that are going to buy it off Ben Studio alone. There are those fans that love Ben Studio. I am one it. of them, but that's not Me a too. common. That is not it, a common. It's not, but also there's that other pe- there's that other, you know, part of the population that hears zombie game and they buy it no matter what. Sure, but you are you are dealing with a medium that's constantly known for having some a lot of bad zombie games actually and just where people The bad you, zombie games still sell though. It's like the Resident Evil series. 
series. You know, I, Resident I, Evil series is is the worst movie series ever. Okay, but Monster Hunter, but, and we're talking about games, but no, and I'm with you. But Monster Hunter sold more than Resident Evil. Does that not surprise you? I mean, no. My point being is that people are obviously Hunter, people are burned out on zombie for a, for a number of things. Right? They are. It's funny you brought up Monster Hunter when the guy who's directed all the Resident Evil movies is directing the Monster Hunter movie. Oh, gross! Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm saying, right? But look, my Terrible point. Movies, my my, my point being is that there are more challenges with the new IP. No, there is than but, anything. So I do think that the reveal date, the release date, needs to be revealed at a conference. Whether it, it, the only two conferences I can see it being me, at, the only other one it would be PSX, right? If, if you because PSX would be before the early 2019. You're, you're talking you, about December. If, if you give me longer than a 30 second trailer for this game again, and then you finally give me a release date, I don't care. It needs to be 30 seconds or, or shorter. Make it short and sweet. If you give me anything longer than 30 seconds, I'm gonna scream into the microphone. And I want everybody to witness that. I am sick and tired. I'm getting sick of Death Stranding at Dude, this point. I was going to say that. My biggest concern with this entire thing, I do want to go back to my question I was going to ask you a second ago, but my, I cannot believe that Death Stranding is going to be here. And the only way that I come out of this with a changed mind that it shouldn't have been here and I, st- I currently think it gameplay. doesn't need to be there. Gameplay and no, a release no. date. Gameplay and a release date of early that's, 2019. Those are the only uh, no, it's two It's not getting things. early. Oh, I don't that's think so either. Sure. I don't think so either. But that's my thing. If it's not going to come out in the first half of 2019, no, let's just say that. That's if, a December game. If it's not going to come out in the first half of 2019, I don't want to see it until next E3 you know, or that, PSX. One of those two. If that's when it's coming, 2019 for sure, let's just say it's going to release in August of 2019. I'm not saying it is, but... I'm probably gonna, I don't want to see it until PSX at the earliest. I'm probably going to be the one to eat my words here in a month and actually exactly a month from now. Um, but uh, a month and they're going to show like Death Stranding. They're going to show a five minute gameplay clip of actual gameplay. And then they're going to slap on a February 2019 release title. I will eat my words for sure. I will eat my. That's exactly what I'm saying. The only way I come out of this press conference being okay with the fact that they've shown Death Stranding again is if I walk away with a very clear representation of what the gameplay is and what the core idea behind the game is. Not necessarily, because I, I still want there to be mystery. That's a big, cool part of Kojima's games. Uh, but I want to have a much more clear idea of this is Death Stranding, right? right? And then on top of that, I have to know that the reason they chose to show it now was because it's coming before next E3. Yep. And the, that's the I, only way that I'm okay with it. Uh, this, this recent, like, four years I would say has made me entirely cynical in terms of releasing a game and having to see it for three years in a row before it's played now, I, I am they did, they did a great job they did a great job with Shadow of the Clauses oh they did Shadow, a fantastic they, they showed quickly they showed another new. they showed an actual they, they showed like the brief sizzle trailer last E3 PGW they showed us the actual Colossus fight then we didn't see it again until the game released right, right and that's awesome. perfect perfect that's exactly, exactly how it should be now when you're Detroit and they released I think like 13 hours total so far, not of gameplay footage, but of just, or not of uh, direct game footage, but of gameplay stuff. Like between Connor and all everybody else, really. Like they've had what? Connor's the only one you've seen in depth gameplay of. Well, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the beta. No, I'm talking about I'm talking that's the only about, one you've seen in depth gameplay. They've I'm not talking shown, about trailers and such. Yeah, that's why sure. I said not gameplay or not. Well, I wouldn't like, say not, 13 hours. I still think that's a little bit of a hyperbole, but I mean, I get, what, I get what you're years? saying. We are seeing way too much. Now, it depends on what you mean, because they're reusing footage. I don't count that as new footage. You know, they, They've not shown me 13 cumulative hours no, of the stuff in this game. No, we've that probably game, that's, seen, that's the length of the game. Yeah, we uh, maybe. I don't know. I would, uh, I would, I would imagine, probably. 13 and 20. Uh, but my point being, 
Yes, they show Detroit too much. They just have way too much. Um, thankfully, getting, they, they've cho- they've done it in at least a smart enough manner. Well, I'm getting a little sleepy too. So now I think about 13 hours. That just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> if I fall asleep on this show, let it be known that Brett could punch me in the face. Okay, I'll do it. Um, if I fall asleep. But yeah, I mean, my reservations about E3 are one thing, so I guess now we're kind of getting into that. But I'm not going to go into what my expectations are here. I'm going to leave that more for next week, and I'm going to kind of let some wild dreaming go on. And Saul, what we should do next week is figure out our we should figure out our E3 bingo cards on the show. That way we have them clearly down, and we don't change them. And that's I don't think we should day. do it on the show. I think we should reveal them on the show. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's fine, because we're going to be talking about it. them, right? So we're going to do that. Um, but yeah, I think I think Steve is, is onto something. They're, they're paving the way to PS5. How could they not be? Another, is where well, I stand. Another right? curious fan theory in my head is that The Last of Us is not a PS4 game. Neither is Death Stranding. I'm with you on Death Stranding. I don't. I'm think not Last with of you us. on Last of Us. I don't think Last of Us is when you when you think about the release window for The Last of Us. So what about Ghost of Tsushima? Because we saw no, The Last of Us well before Ghost we've of never, Tsushima. We've never seen Ghost of Tsushima. That's the thing. It we're was going to last we're, year, yeah, we're going to see gameplay and then, this time. Uh, what was it? A, it was revealed at PGW. That's late last year. I will say that. No, I know. Yeah. So. And then there was that panel the same time at PG or is that Paris? PSX. Uh, PSX. Was where the go. panel happened. And it and was a developer-oriented panel. It was. It was a good they panel. They didn't show anything. It well, went, they showed you. Well, they, I laughed because they're like, this is a concept art of the game. And it was like, this is like actual art <laughs> like i get where you're going but like this is beautiful oh, they, they, i want to see actual gameplay footage though yeah yeah sure um but i am i am concerned about some of these games because i feel like the last of us is not going to live up to my hype of the first game i just feel like that it's not going now that you especially that you're playing as ellie i i do not think that the game is going to live up to the first one i, I am not concerned about surprised. that because of ellie but i mean I'm, well, no, with I'm, you, just but, saying, I'm just saying because of certain things, because there's obviously there's a reason you're playing as Ellie. So here's the one thing we've not talked about that I do think is worth mentioning here because it's extremely interesting. Uh-huh. Now that Sony, and this is why I was saying I'm so interested to see what Microsoft does this year. Right. I always watch their their I always watch their um, showcase or whatever. You oh want no, to call I like it, watching it anyway. Uh, but it's fun. Specifically, I'm going to watch with bated breath this year because what Sony is doing right now is announcing to everyone, including their competitors, that there is a chance, and a pretty decent one, you know, if you want to take it at face value, that this E3 is very subdued in comparison to other recent E3s, right? Right. And last year's E3 was kind of a letdown. It was. Even though it was still good, no, it, it just did not live up quite to the expectations, yeah. which goes back into what LCB was saying. The 30-ish minutes You start Spider-Man to get to that point where it's like, you've got to, come, you've got to tell people, calm down. Let's let's go down a little bit, right? I don't I don't I don't like the way it's done though. It could be done better, in my opinion. Maybe, but regardless no. <laughs> how how they're doing it, being able to come out clearly and say, "Look, guys, we just there's no, we don't have anything to show you that we can that makes sense for us to show you now, right?" Because they probably have some form of PS5 game, possibly. Who the hell knows? But when you're dealing with this, what you're doing is you're giving Microsoft a clear, "Hey, they're going to be." In people's eyes, they're going to to be vulnerable. They're going to be more vulnerable than they've ever been. And while they have solid games they're showing and talking about, they're not showing anything new. What if Microsoft is at a far enough point in this, and I do mean far enough point, it would be very dumb of them to do the same thing that we just talked about, which is show something way too early, like Crackdown 3 or whatever, and still not have it released. Uh, It's still not released, is it? No. So my point being, 
the smartest thing I can imagine them doing right now and what they could really do to stand the best chance of getting back on their feet in a way that public perception outside of all these other programs are doing, but from a perception of this is a company that understands the gamers want games. This is the one time where Sony's not strong arming with the sim with the same approach to where even if they did it, they got knocked out. If they do it right. And Sony is on the resting on their, you know, big thing they've been doing. Microsoft, Microsoft can come out and say, look, we're, we're reviving Borderlands 3. We're reviving and redoing and rebooting Fable. Here's what the new Fable is. It pays homage to the original Fable well, while still gone. doing... Yeah, of course, but that doesn't mean that somebody can't still do it. We've seen that franchises as come as back in Peter a cool Molyneux way, again. right? So... When you deal with that, say, here's a new Fable, right? Here's what the Fable is. This is not Fable Legends. We're not trying to make a game that's built on games of the service microtransaction. It's a real game. Bam. Yeah. Here it is. This could be a big RPG for us, similar to what you see with, like, The Witcher. This is a big world with a cool story and interesting characters. This is what we're aiming to do. That would still this is a special right game. then and there, especially Fable having being attached to it. So, Can you imagine a, a Witcher-style detail world in which your choices make a, like, they matter to your person? In the Fable way? Right. I would love that. Okay? Take it a step further. We come out. Halo 6. Halo 6. Or the even ballsiest thing you could do, and I mean ballsiest thing you could do, because it would have the exact same reaction that God of War did. You would have half a group of people who love the originals and are concerned as hell, and you have a half a group of people who may love the originals or didn't know anything about them who are excited as hell for the change. Completely turn Halo on its head and either reboot or find a way to, to God of War it. Yeah. And I mean... Go so far against what you people would expect because what do people expect? People expect Halo Six. Yeah, right? I'm really surprised it's not announced yet. So I am curious if that if that's a possibility of them doing something weird with it. Instead. Yeah. So there's that. They, even if they just came out and said Halo Six and they showed that it was a noticeable upgrade over four and five, dude, I'm still that would be enough, right? I'm still amazed at Five's level design and multiplayer. It looks like. Source engine stuff. Oh, God, yeah. But my point being, if they came out with just the right kind of trailer showcasing anything to do with Halo, bam. Gears of War 5, I would not personally agree with that. There was a 4, wasn't there? Yeah, but Gears of War 5, again, if they have just enough games that have been incubating long enough, they can come out and go, he goes, three or four new big exclusives, and they actually show something that's good enough to make people legitimately excited. They could take it home. And they could really crazy. steal this E3, and that would do a lot for morale for them. Now, whether whether it would translate to sales, I don't know, but that doesn't matter. Oh, what, no, they've, I, what they've got to start doing... I guarantee you it would, if, if it's off-the-wall, crazy fame remakes maybe and stuff. but what i want to say more importantly my money again what what i want to say more importantly though is that they need to start doing this now and do it at the ps4 we do it with the xbox one even though well, it's losing just like playstation did with the ps3 even though it was losing you think about it to carry it forward that way when this next generation starts they are known for something good well, when you and think they about continue it it's, that. it's that same vicious co uh, like uh, console cycle that's going to repeat PS2 was leagues ahead of Xbox, and Xbox and Microsoft came back and sold with the 360, and then the PS3, while fighting even, was still not as renowned as it was considered the loser from right. a, from a general as, standpoint. As that console, then Sony came back and stole it all. Is it is it in the cards? Is it in a prophecy somewhere that? that this could happen again. And if and so, how see, that's interesting is this going to be? That's why I think the PS5 thing is so important. If Sony does everything I said and they come out smartly with next E3 with a big list of games that are going to all hit within the first year, and a handheld, how freaking smart would they be with that, right? right? But here's the thing. We're seeing Sony... I don't say that. I think that 
if Microsoft plays their cards right, we see a more one-to-one generation next gen than we've seen with this one. For the better of whoever, who knows? It may be for the better of the industry. One of the best things about the PS3 360 gen, and partly of what makes it good for this gen, for some people with the Microsoft side, is the ridiculous thing where you see these companies doing things that they normally wouldn't because of the desperation slash real want to be like, what can we do to bring these people back to our side? And that leads to great programs sometimes. Oh, no, it does. Like the Games Pass. When there is a monopoly, uh, everybody says monopoly is bad. Every generation, there is a monopoly. and Most of the cool stuff, Xbox is, wouldn't have games with gold if PlayStation did not do PlayStation Plus, which PlayStation Plus uh, came. No, games with... Okay, well, hold on. That's hold debatable just because Xbox Live was a thing before PlayStation was. And it was a paid uh, no, service no, 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 no. before. I'm with you. I'm with you. But, I, but I'm talking about PlayStation Plus. you talking about the Plus. rewards. No, I'm talking about PlayStation Plus before the PS4. The PS3 pioneered the rewards plus. and all it was was rewards there that's was nothing else about. tied to that's it what so I'm saying well but i'm talking about ps plus as it started well, no, is it, what led it, to xbox going oh gave, crap guys we've got to do games with gold yeah. because we've got to copy this yeah just like because, playstation did the psn because they realized and they did the ps store because they realized oh crap guys this this xbox live is amazing well and, they and they we've got to copy they this. piggybacked off each other a lot because no, they did. achievements saw, happened and then sony was like oh this achievements thing is great we've got to do our own thing trophies and well the and the thing about it is this is that Sony had Xbox Live Gold, which was a paid service that offered you nothing but to play. You mean online. Microsoft? But yes, yes. Wait, what did I say? PlayStation. Sony. Okay, yeah. And then Sony came out with PS Plus, which some people completely were, optional. Yeah, I was one hundred percent optional. Had benefits, good benefits. And then Microsoft copied the benefits, but then Sony had to turn around and say, "Well, you know." This server space, we're going to copy you all. It's expensive, so <laughs> yeah. there is no more free service. So, but my point being, the three, the PS three sixty gen did a lot of cool things where Sony went so far out of the box to do things that normally would not be done if they were in a winning position. Right, because they they need to get back up there. And I, I honestly think... And I think to an extent you've seen Sony rest on their laurels in that sense. I, I bet you one million... But they've also played it safer in a way that has made their business way more lucrative this gen. So. I bet you $1 million uh, Microsoft messing up who was who was that in charge? Phil Matrix, right? Of E3 2015. Not Phil Matrix. Uh, I mean, why'd you say that? Don Matrix. Don Matrix, because yeah, it's Phil Spencer. Uh, that that 2015 or 14 E3 of which 14, 13, 2013 E3 in which Xbox came out and they're like, you can't let a friend borrow a game or whatever. You know all that DRM stuff. And then Sony, Sony was so quick to throw all the shade in the world. A day later, 24 hours had passed and. And oh no! It wasn't even that. Was it was there. the same day because that was back whenever Microsoft. No, this had... was this was this was not same day. This was Sunday, so, Sunday Monday. For Sony to throw all that shade at Xbox, twelve hours later, I would guess. I thought it was the next day. I'm pretty sure it was Monday Monday because that's what Sony had always had. Microsoft had Monday morning, and Sony always had Monday afternoon, which they've continued to keep. So it was later that day. And I, I'm not even kidding you. In that conference, I swear to God, if you looked at that video of Shu and Adam Boyles doing that, it looked like it. They, they, they it looked like they filmed it in the back of the E3 place right before the conference happened. It kind of does. Now you say that, like the it the, looks the, like the it's back, the, like hallway area. Yeah, it looks like it's in the back room, and they were just like, "Hey guys, you want to do this real quick?" Oh and we'll, God. So I mean, I, yeah, it, it was it was hilarious. But I mean, I don't. I guess. I just think that it'd be a very interesting time to see if Xbox has the resources ready to jump on this opportunity. I'm sure they do, or at least I hope. I like I I still like Xbox as a company. Like, yeah, they're not great right now, and they're not in a good situation by any means. Um, but I still want to see 
Xbox and Microsoft do well just because there are game series that will forever be their brands that will be in my heart as good series. Just like Sony has all of these series that I've come to love, like Last of Us. Sure. We have Nier now, thanks to Sony. We have Bloodborne, thanks to Sony, which is... Uh, I mean, Nier, Nier's not thanks to Sony, to be fair. That's Square. Well, uh, so I want to say... Thanks to my experience with PlayStation. You know, sure. Because going off of my Xbox, you know, Borderlands was multi-platform. So but in, that's your, in your mind, yeah. Borderlands and Xbox and, series. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm rooting for them. I just don't... I don't think in the end they have it out yet. There's absolutely no way they're going to release a new console within the next year and a half. A new new console. Oh, Xbox. Yeah, yeah probably not. Which I think is interesting. The, but unless they just drop, like, unless they just are on the ball, and they and they do, and they take Xbox One X off the market or Xbox One S or something, and they just take a total loss to come back financially, that would take so much money, time, and effort. But and planning. Quite, oh my lord, it would the be planning. quite the story. Of generations to come about how that happened if it it did. would be crazy though because while you have a chance of bringing a lot of people back in a way you also have the chance of miffing a lot of people who bought the xbox one x just to feel like it was belittled well um, i mean and a lot of people i know that has the xbox one s doesn't even play it you know i was ta- I, I saw seth and target a couple days ago he has an xbox one s i bought him cuphead the last time i was about there. the one x i'm sorry so people oh, okay. who bought the one x will be miffed well i was gonna say even the s to this point because um i, w- I was he got ch- it for christmas no no i got him cuphead for his birthday and uh he did not know that it was a 4K Blu-ray player. So it's kind of like there are these features. That's interesting. That, that, I mean, I told him, I was like, it's not a, it's not a feature worth using. They, they, they cost way too much when they first come out. They're like $40 or $30 compared to a $20 Blu-ray. And like even then, it's like, I don't. I, I love Blu-rays. You've seen my collection of Blu-rays. I have like 20 Blu-rays. I don't think that's a thing to be doing anymore. Like I've lost passion for that. Like I have collecting games because it's just like that's not the way it's going to be in the next ten years. These are going to be useless to me because I'm going to have everything I need saved already. Sure. But I think I've said all I have for this episode. I'm mean, I got to put down Discord because I keep seeing Liam's memes. Uh, <laughs> well, real quick, one thing I thought was funny. You're talking about you know you want to see Microsoft stick around specifically because of the fact that there's game series that you love with them. It's actually I, I compare it. The, the reason I think I've always wanted Microsoft and Nintendo to stick around. Um, is because each one of them do have series that I have enjoyed heavily in the past. And while Sega, oh yeah, back in the day, had series that I loved and enjoyed as a kid, I saw those series become bastardized once Sega dropped its status as a manufacturer. Because it's funny. Then, By Sega? Yeah, and that's what I think is more crazy because you know, you're talking about you want to see Microsoft stay around. I guess Microsoft could just move into a publisher. A publisher, you know, they really could, and just drop being a manufacturer. I don't see that happening. If but I was, I, if they did, let's just say every one of their series that people have always loved that are un, unapologetically, this is Halo. Okay, Halo's already been kind of bastardized, depending on the fan that you asked. Uh, but no, my they point, have. My point being that there's a lot of fran- uh, franchises that you could see them trying to continue on with to be their strength of their publisher uh, side, and the problem with that is that. We saw Sega do the same thing where when when they stopped having the Dreamcast to push these games to be good so that they had something to push their hardware so that they created this cycle, their quality dropped. Of course And I did, don't yeah. want to see that happen with anybody did else. Did you because, ever play uh, Sonic 2006? Yeah, I did. It's and it was No, it was not it was not excusable in any terms. It, it wasn't excusable, but it also wasn't just like a, a, a 2 out of 10. Uh it was like, like a, a five three out of ten. It was yeah. like a five out of ten for me. It was a because you have Sonic Mania, such a fantastic game, such a love letter back to Sega and the original series, and then you have Sonic Forces come out like three months later. And it's like, 
there's three months there, six months of like a good Sonic game. <laughs> That's it. That's we've had six I don't know. months this of is, good Sonic in the past decade. It's such an interesting conversation because it Sorry. may not even happen. You know, I, I really would imagine that we never see Microsoft leave the gaming space. But I guess anything's possible. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Saul. That's about all I have to say about that. So, Lots of um, on in this episode. Yeah, it has been. But it's been a fun episode, Saul. It, it has. And until next week when we go in live from Saturday night or whatever if, it is. If, it, if everything works out well. It will yeah. be a Saturday night, won't it? Shut up. All right, guys. This has been episode 59 of Triangle Squared. If you liked the video, be sure to like it. If you disliked it, dislike it. And uh, always let us know what you think in the comments down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know if you think that this is the move towards the PS5 because I am. I know that I, I feel like in the um, the first thing I'm going to hear from uh, World End is going to be that, no, he doesn't think it is, which we'll see. I, I'm curious to see what his reasonings are. But, hey, if you think that the PS5 will be coming because of this, let us know in the comments below. If you think not, let us know why. Uh, but until next week, this has been Triangle Squared. Thank you, guys.